Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hi, Shan. Hi, honey. How you doing? I'm okay, yeah. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sunny day. We'll take it. Yeah. Uh, later on, people, in this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, Shannon's new song, our new song, One Thread. Yeah. I'm so excited uh, to to go through this song with you. I love this song. I'm so glad. We'll, yeah. we'll talk all about it later. It was a big surprise. It was, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing kind of came out of nowhere, and so did the response to it. Yeah, it's, it's totally. It's really nifty. Yeah. First, though, people, it is my duty to inform you that Misfit Stars is not just a podcast. It's also how the people who believe in the work that Shannon and I do support the work that Shannon and Mm -hmm. I do. I don't necessarily feel like leaning on this for a huge long time uh, today, but I'll just say this. If you believe in our work and you're not yet supporting it, we would love for you to do that. We could use more support. Mm -hmm. You just go to misfitstars.com slash join and get signed up. It's a monthly recurring kind of thing, but it's inexpensive, Uh, you know, there's two ways you can do this. You can ask like three people for a huge amount of money each. That doesn't usually work out. <laughs> what we do instead is we just ask a lot of people just to put a tiny bit in each. Chip in a little. That's it. You can you can get into to this racket for uh, <laughs> five bucks a month. That's 17 cents a day if you round up, <laughs> right? Assuming a assuming a 30-day month. Who has change anymore? Yeah, anyway. Seriously, who has 0.67 cents anymore? Nobody. <laughs> uh, it's not a lot. But when everyone does it, it adds up. It sure does. And it is the thing that is uh, that is fueling what we're doing, uh, not only in this weird pandemic time, but just uh, in general, supporting all the stuff that we're able to do and yeah. sort of reinventing some of the things that we're doing yeah. because of the support. Uh, this podcast, the mentorship, the new music, this 201 album project that we're doing, mm-hmm. all of it um, is being made possible by our Misfit Stars. And so thank you, Stars. So much. And if you'd like to join us you should do that. There are great reasons to do that. Besides just supporting us, uh, you get yourself into the new, uh, the the brand new Misfit Stars private social network, which is wonderful. It's so good. Um, and just, a, it's a great community of people. You want to be in it. You totally do. Yeah. Unless you're a jerk, in which case you don't want to be in there. <laughs> also, we don't want you in there. Seriously, don't sign up don't at misfitstars.com yeah. slash join. Don't yeah. do it. Like you can, but if you check the box for I'm a jerk when you sign up, we're not inviting you. We'll take your money. But you don't get to be in the group. That's just the rules. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Those are the rules. Misfitstars.com slash join. Thank you, people. Shannon, Uh do we have any announcements? Announcements, announcements, announcements. Do we have an acoustic concert coming up? We do. I was just looking at the calendar. You didn't put it in the script here, but I will just go ahead and say it now. Oh, you're going to freestyle it? I'm going to freestyle. That's badass. We have- Shannon's uh, improving an announcement, everybody. Our next Facebook uh, and YouTube live concert uh, this Saturday. So those take place at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Late in the night, UK. Um, sorry, Gary. I, I, I'm I so sorry, Misfit Stars. I have not yet put out your ballots for this concert. So I'm gonna, I promise that I'm going to do that this afternoon. This is Tuesday afternoon. So you're going to get them before you hear this podcast. Everyone who I promise just, you. Everyone who's just listening, by the way, to my little sales pitch a minute ago, this is another thing that you get to do if you are a supporting member of Misfit Stars. You get to pick the songs that we play in our acoustic concert, That's like right. the one we're doing this coming Saturday, the 24th. That's right. At 7 p.m. West. Yes. So, uh, Misfit Stars, look for those ballots and vote by Friday night. That's that's as long as you have to cast your votes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not a Misfit Star, anyone listening who wants to watch the show, we'll see you on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, both on uh, simultaneously on YouTube Live and on Facebook Live. Your YouTube is what? YouTube.com slash Shannon Curtis Music, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Or Shannon's Facebook profile. See you there. That's right. 
Cool. Cool, cool. I have an announcement. What is your announcement? So we're still collecting people's stories for the 2020-101 project. Uh-huh. If you have a story that you would be willing to share about this week's topic, uh, please send it over. This week's topic is one that has, uh, I think, resonated with a whole lot of people based yeah. on early action on Facebook. It's about just barely hanging on. Yeah. It's about the experience of just barely hanging on throughout this last incredibly difficult year. Mm-hmm. I know that we're not alone in having had a rough go of this last year. Mm-hmm. I imagine that a lot of, if not most of the people listening to my voice right now have also. Uh, and, you know, something that we've learned over the course of doing this project, and we kind of knew this beforehand, so why we did the project, stories are healing. Our stories are healing. Mm-hmm. And when we share them with other people, two things happen. We are unburdened of all of the weight of them. Or some of the weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like it's an instant cure, but no. yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. And also, uh, you validate another person's experience. Yeah. Other people know that they're not alone when they hear their story in your story. So when you share your experience mm-hmm. and it touches someone else's experience, that connection makes both you and that other person feel less mm-hmm. alone in what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So it's healing, it's therapeutic, and it's extraordinarily valuable. Yeah. So please share your stories. Uh, you can email them to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. We can publish them with your first name and last initial, like Jamie H. That would be me. <laughs> uh, I know it's almost anonymous. You're like, who's that? It was me. <laughs> uh, or we can publish it just under anonymous, especially for more sensitive topics, more vulnerable topics like this one. A lot of people do prefer just to have their story appear under anonymous. Sure. Uh, and if you go to 2020101.net, you will see that. Just click on any song, you know, picture, scroll down to the bottom, look at the stories. There's a lot of anonymous mm-hmm. ones. It's just a safer way for some people to share their experience and have it not be tied back to them. So if that would enable you, if that would free you up to share mm-hmm. in a more vulnerable way or at all, mm-hmm. then just take advantage of that. Just send it over to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. Let me know how you want it to be attributed and we will put it up. So that's your stories about barely hanging on through yeah. this last year. I was, last night, I took a moment to go catch up on the stories that you had posted since the last time I looked mm-hmm. at the website. And I just found myself feeling, like, because there were some stories, you know, for the last song, which was about falling in love, getting married, and having babies during the 2020, you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I don't have any personal experience in any of that, but I read these stories of people, and I just, even though I don't, share an experience and I'm not connecting my own story to theirs, just reading their experience of those things just made me feel more human. Yeah. You know, like it just, and and it allowed me to sort of step into somebody else's experience for a moment yeah. that wasn't mine. And that was great too. Like just getting out of my own head for a minute. Yeah. Like I really recommend going and reading through those stories. It's a really lovely experience yeah. to, to read other people's stories as for this, lots of reasons. As this project continues and grows, this is really becoming a pretty substantial little, uh, yeah. little body of work. Yeah. Collaborative, crowdsourced body of work. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really nifty. It's a group art project. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I feel like I'm in fourth grade in yeah. some ways. It's there's wonderful. There's construction paper. There's paste. Oh man. If I have could eaten be, some of the paste. That would be great. I don't want to eat the paste, but I want to do construction paper work. That For the record, great. I was not a paste eater. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we were all wondering. Well, you know, I just felt like I had to clarify that because I'm sure that some people would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Jane, bet, Jane would eat paste. I, bet, no, I, I did not. I did not eat paste, but what I did do, mm-hmm. and tell me if you did this, you take the Elmer's glue yeah. and you you put a little bit on the palm of your hand mm-hmm. and then you spread it out really thin mm-hmm. so that you, it's not even white anymore. It's just like this clear yeah. film with your outstretched palm and you blow on it. 
yeah. to let it dry. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it dries, you can like peel it all off in one sheet. Oh, yeah. Like peeling off a sunburn. Oh, absolutely. I did that. Yeah. So good. And more generally speaking, you can just kind of play that game with like anywhere that glue ends up on your hands. It's true. Yeah. It's great. The almost yeah. glue. Yeah. <laughs> it it was, all peels off so clean. Doesn't leave any residue. Doesn't leave any marks. It's really satisfying and fun. Let's get some glue. It's like all the best parts of peeling a sunburn or picking a scab yeah. with none of the I, negative repercussions. Yes, totally. Yeah. I love it. And don't lie, people. I know that you think that picking a scab is satisfactory, too. You know, I don't like Satisfying. picking scabs. Not satisfactory. Satisfactory. <laughs> yeah. It will do. That'll do. I don't like picking scabs, but picking, peeling sunburns. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Anyway, uh, group art project. Yay. Good, good stuff. How are you feeling today? You know, uh, I have been working on how I am feeling today. <laughs> I woke up immediately right out of the gate feeling a little bit anxious, but mm. I did a couple of positive, affirmative things uh, around that. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of really good stretching this morning. Good. Instead of my normal workout, uh, I didn't do any of my normal stuff. I just did all stretching. Oh, good. And it just felt really good, and I really focused on my breathing. Oh, nice. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really centering and helpful. And then I made a point of just... If I saw something in my inbox that seemed stressful, I deleted it. No, I'm not like work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to master this record. That feels hard. No, no, no. Not like that. But you, you know, say that I've been missing work, Bob. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> you know, but anything on a mailing list or anything political, you know, be it someone trying to sell me a plug-in or someone trying to sell me news, like I just deleted just most of that. Filter through yeah. what feels good and what And then doesn't. I had a really good, uh, long conversation with uh, an artist friend of mine, uh, just a, a friend who lives, uh, who lives in Germany. It's hard to sync our schedules up sometimes because yeah. she's, you know, nine hours ahead. Uh, but every so often we manage and we always have these epic conversations where it's like, I only have half an hour and we talk for an hour and 30 minutes, right. you know? Yeah. It was great. Uh, and we just talked a lot about this, you know, what it is to be independent musicians putting art out into the yeah. world and just the mechanics and philosophy around that. Mm-hmm. And that just felt good. Good. You know, uh, she's contemplating starting a label to put out her own stuff, mm. which is, you know, it's one of those things where it just sounds so simple. I'll start a label and then dot, 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 profit, you know? <laughs> But the dot, dot, dot is kind of important. You know, it's that phase two. Mm. Um, You know, and uh, we have some experience with that kind of thing. I mean, largely these days our experience is really very different than I think what she thinks she's aiming at, you know? Mm. I think she entered this with the idea that like she'll do music as a widget, you know? That Mm. she'll make music, sell music. How do you sell music? Well, label. You have to have a label. Then you sell music. And you Mm. don't. You don't sell music anymore. Buying music is going away. Straight. David Bowie predicted it. One day music's going to be like turning on the tap water. It just flows out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. exactly what it, it's literally called streaming. Yeah. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit on the nose, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was helpful to me to just lose myself in that conversation. Good. You know? And then we just jumped right into the podcast. And right now I'm feeling pretty okay. Uh, we got some really good news uh, in between those two things, which we'll talk about in a minute. And that has helped also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think I'm going to make it. Good. I'm glad to hear it. How about it. you? How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Yeah, you know, I, last night I, I posted in our, our social, Misfit Star social network last night that I needed an attitude adjustment or a change of focus because I was just feeling funky. And I'm like, okay, that must mean it's time for some gratitude because I needed to, you know, do some intervention to like change my focus. And that actually really helped last night. But I, I, between last night and today, uh, I feel like I've, I've kind of emerged from the funk a little bit. Good. Um, 
And yeah, I was feeling pretty unmotivated last night too, but I feel, uh, I don't know, a little, a little bit more renewed today. So I'm Good. grateful for that. Good. Yeah, you know, one thing. At a certain the point, other. you're going to have to write this new song. Well, so I know, that's good. I know, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Great. Don't have really much more to elaborate on. Um, right so on. let's fire up the good news machine, eh? Let's do. I'll go first with the obvious one. Uh, about half an hour before we sat down to record this podcast, we and the rest of the world got the news that Derek Chauvin was convicted on every single count that he was facing. All three counts. Mm-hmm. That is really, really good news. It is good news. And, you know, uh, I think probably that's part of why I've been feeling anxious over the past few days. Oh, because sure. Because the ambient tension in the world around this trial is high. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot of fear, I think, about what would happen happen if this went the wrong way, which it, it was, it could definitely have done, you know? Yeah. If past his prologue, uh, you know, there's well, not been a great track record in our country of holding these people to account. On that topic, I, I was, uh, been, you know, scrolling Twitter cause that's, that's what I do. We don't, when there's we don't, news, we don't that's have what we do. TV. That's we look for like what folks are, you know, analysis on, you yeah. know, as people are writing on Twitter, but this, I saw this one that says, uh, Chauvin is the eighth officer convicted of murder since 2005. <laughs> and in that time, there have been over 16,000 killings by poli- wow. police of, you know. So just providing context for this, these first steps we're taking is yeah. what this guy was saying, you know. It's a rounding error. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know. It statistically isn't happening. And, and, and in the state of Minnesota, he is the first police officer to be held accountable for killing a black person in the state of Minnesota. Wow. And and like this is the, this is the state where Philando Castile was was killed by a cop. That's right. A number of years ago, he was the cop asked him for his paperwork to show uh, it was because he had to he he has he has a he had a a license to carry a gun a right. handgun right and he was like reaching for the paperwork to show the cop asked for the paperwork he was reaching for that and the cop shot and killed him right. with his girlfriend and daughter yeah. girlfriend's daughter in the car or yep. son, you know. Like even in that case, like that 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 happened, and right. that that police officer did not face accountability. This, you know, it it was a, such a huge relief because, like you, like you were saying, there's there's a lot of um, precedent for accountability not happening. Yeah, and I think it's really important actually that we that we use the word accountability for this. I've seen people, some people tempted to use the word this is justice. No, this isn't justice. Justice you know? would be if uh, George Floyd was still alive. Exactly, that would be a just. <laughs> circumstance this just george floyd will never experience justice george floyd's family will never experience justice um and because he he can't be brought back right (laughs) you know this is this is accountability for somebody who did a crime yeah and that is a good thing yes um hopefully it will have a deterrent effect uh, yeah you know and i and i i you know I would I would like to think that this is harbinger of of better things to come in the system, uh, but it's really important I think to use the correct language around it because it's not justice would be a, a system in which police violence wasn't enabled at all. Yeah, <laughs> justice, yeah ideally, it didn't even exist, didn't even happen. Exactly, it, it, justice would be a system in which we 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 invested money, uh, invested the the ridiculous sums of money that we do in policing into the needs of people in communities to actually create 
public safety. Holy hell, what was that statistic you were telling me last night about how much money local and state police forces spend? So I I have to give credit where credit's due. I read this in Ibram Kendi's latest piece for The Atlantic. And if you haven't read this yet, I cannot recommend it enough. You shared it in Misfit Stars, I shared it in the Misfit Stars group. And it's, you know, one of the comments on it in the group was like, this is enlightening and maddening. And it (laughs) is, but like, that is the... then that's the reality of the of the system. You know, when we learn about it, yeah, it's enlightening and it's enraging at the same time. But great piece, really great piece. Um, and in it, he was talking about the funding for various uh, militarized organizations around the world. Yeah. Uh, like, like for example, the U.S. military. The U.S. military, the U.S. military has the largest, by far, expenditure on on the military of any entity in the entire world. And it's seven hundred. It's like seven hundred billion. billion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second most, the second, the second on that list of the entity that that spends the most money on militarized, you know, force or whatever in the world is the Chinese military. Yeah. Number three on the list before. Any other country's military anywhere in the world, number three on the list is the amount of money that state and uh, state and local uh, entities spend on policing in the U.S. Holy shit! It's number three: the U.S. military, Chinese military, U.S. policing, and then below that, like other countries' you know, militaries, the U- like the U.K. military, <laughs> the Canadian military, or what? You know, well, it wouldn't be Canada. <laughs> I don't know who's number four is, but pretty sure it's the UK. Is it okay? Well, but all the other countries are below that. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, like what if? What if? Let's just imagine a world in which we redirected that some of that money, a lot of that money, to actually meeting the needs of people and communities that often drive crime. Let's let's put that money toward things that actually meet the needs of people and communities so that there is less crime to begin with. Yeah. Let's put those the, the money into public health so that people who are dealing with drug addictions get actual health help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're and they're not criminalized for for an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there there's just so many things. And so um you know, justice will be when we create a system that actually reflects the values of those those humanitarian values you know that that eliminates that eliminates police violence and creates a system in which people's needs can be met <laughs> yeah. there's enough there is enough to do that we have enough yeah we just have to make better choices we have to make better prior, make our priorities yeah. better yeah so yeah good news good news and you yeah. have a related piece of good news I do have a related piece of good news, and this is my good news machine bit today, and I was glad to read this because I didn't have anything else written down for the week, but um, related to the, the this, this police violence thing is that uh, our Washington state legislature just today mm-hmm. passed a bill that will ensure that police officers are required to intervene when fellow officers are using excessive force. Hell yeah. Which and is they can great. be held accountable and liable if they don't. If they don't hold their own people accountable for wrongful actions while on duty, they can be held liable for that. Which is great because like in this case, you know, the the reason can I I, I took I took this little snapshot from uh, somebody had shared the uh, the press release that mm-hmm. the Minneapolis Police Department put out after George Floyd died. Uh they put this out on May 26th last year. Yeah. He was uh, he was killed on May 25th, the evening of May 25th. 
On Monday evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue South on a report of a forgery in process, in progress, excuse me. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the influence. Two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s, in his car. He was ordered to step from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to the Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died a short time later. At no time were the weapons of any, were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in this incident. Uh, and it just goes on to just end the, 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 the press release. There is a term that, for that. What? Copaganda. Yeah, this was the official press release yeah. the day after George Floyd was killed. We saw the video. Yeah. Does this description look anything like what we all saw no. on that video? I mean, actually, I haven't had seen the video. I've seen stills of the video. Yeah. I still haven't watched the whole video. Even just a single still picture from that nine minutes and whatever seconds is enough to let you know that that's clearly not a description of what was going on. This act, this, this is a, this is just bullshit. <laughs> no, it's, pro it's it, propaganda. It, yeah. yeah, and there were other officers on the scene who could have intervened, and they did not. There were bystanders pleading for the other officers on the scene to intervene, yeah. and they did not. No, they just watched their friend murder someone. The only reason that we all know about this and the only reason that this, this verdict even happened today is because a teenage girl yeah. got her cell phone camera out and filmed the whole thing. Yeah. Otherwise, this police account, this, this thing I just read, this pack of lies, <laughs> yeah. is, would have been the official account. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm glad for the news today out of Washington legislature that it would, would, it would require, in this case, you know, the, the, and the other officers in Minnesota that were on the scene, they are all going to be on trial later this year, too. Yep, they're being charged also. Um, I don't remember exactly what the, what the charges are. I wonder if the charges will change now that Chauvin's been convicted. Because now that it is for sure a murder, I wonder if now they'll, if they weren't before, now will be accessory to murder or I don't what? know. And I don't know what, how the laws are written either because there's so much protection around... Right you know uh qualified immunity and whatnot yeah and so i you know it, it is important to recognize the fact that this this verdict today is good news i'm it is it like i felt physical relief when i heard it it is good it is and it is appropriate to call this accountability um but it is also at the same time appropriate to acknowledge important to acknowledge that the system that allowed for George Floyd to be killed in these circumstances still remains firmly intact yes and was working as designed yeah and so we need to like change how the system's designed the, the, yes we, we we still have a lot of work to do so yeah. let's 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 feel the relief that we should feel over this accountability yeah let's take the w and let's use that energy to Continue to figure out what we need to be doing as a society to create an actually just system, to create a, to create public safety that doesn't involve police violence. Yeah, because I think that's possible. And here's the thing: I, I posted something about this. Oh, the article, the the Ibram Kendi article in our Misfit Stars group. I posted about this, and one of the comments was, you know, like I just yes, I feel like this needs to change. I just don't know how, and I'm you know frustrated, and I feel that. I, but those are my feelings too. Same. It's like it feels enormous and uh, overwhelming and impossible yeah. and intractable. Yes, all of those things. How do you change this system? And yeah. I, 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 to that point, I have been seeing 
uh, folks that have been activists and involved in activism on this front in a, for a long time, a lot longer than me, who have higher stakes in it than I do, um, who have said some similar things over the last few days, which have been really, it's been really helpful for me. And it's this, there was a time when nobody in the United States could imagine that we would eradicate chattel slavery. Yep. And we did. Yep. And that's not to say that slavery uh, doesn't, continue in some forms, like in our prison, prison systems, system. yep. you know, but, but that institution was so embedded in the fabric of the country. Like imagine living during that time, imagine being a slave in that time and like trying to, trying to even, you know, dream of a world where this system would end. I mean, it would have felt intractable. And that's what I feel like we're dealing with right now. You know, we're, we're looking at a policing system that is not serving us. You know, we're looking at a, a policing system that's not creating or contributing to public safety. In a lot of ways, it is contributing to, 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 to violence and death, right? Um, and, and we're investing all this money. We keep giving it more money and it keeps doing worse and worse, you know? <laughs> like, and, and, it's, and it's, you know, but, but it's, been, it's been around forever. Like we, you know, we, we've seen all, we've all seen the cop shows that glorify, you know, policing and we've grown, we've all grown up, you know, yeah. uh, generations now have grown up with this idea that that police are just a thing, you know, that the, the, the policing as we know it is just, just is. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine a world beyond that, but we have to, and it's happened before. Yeah. People have imagined a world beyond intractable systems, intractable unjust systems before, and we are in that moment right now. And only 2% of the population at that time had to die to make it happen. Oh, geez. Well, you know, let's... <laughs> I just did the math. There were 31,400,000-something citizens of the United States in the, 19, in the 1860 United States Census. 620,000 people died in the Civil it's War. Awful. That's one in every 50 people. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. So thanks for taking my moment of, like, let's <laughs> believe in the optimism of the future and, you know... It didn't come without... Slapping that. Yeah. It didn't come without a lot of cost. Well, here's the thing. It will come at a cost for us, too. Yeah. Hopefully not that kind of loss of life. Yeah. But, you know, it will come at a cost for, you know, those of us who are white people. It will come at a cost when we actually engage in this work and we stand up for what is right and we speak in our communities about what is just. It's going to come at a cost where we might suffer uh, blowback sure. from folks who aren't interested in divesting from a system that upholds white supremacy. Yeah. That's going to come at a cost in our relationships, in our, in our, in our communities. Sure. But for me... And I can only speak for myself when faced with uh, an injustice that I have the power to be involved in, in changing or ending. I can't just turn my blind eye and, and just go on my merry way and enjoy my privilege while other people suffer and die. And I know that, that, that I could be doing something about it. Yep. It's not an option for me. It doesn't, it doesn't jibe with my sense of humanity and my responsibility to myself and to my fellow human beings. Yeah. You know? So it will come at a cost. Hopefully not the kind hopefully that, not physical hopefully not civil war type cost. Yeah. <laughs> well you know i yeah i share your hope mm. i also feel worried about this just particular moment that we're at in history where it seems like the same sets of causes that cause police violence like racism mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. the, the racism that causes police violence is also the kind of racism that could cause a second civil war in this country. Like we're seeing like the stage being potentially mm. set for that right now with like one half of our political system in America turning into an 
authoritarian, an unreasonable, bad faith authoritarian system, mm-hmm. you know? Like there's no longer two equal political parties in America like when we were kids. Everyone who's our age, I think, or older is like, oh yeah, there's two parties, Republican, Democrat. They're sort of basically the same, pro-business, low taxes, and we can tinker around the margins, but they're all basically the same, you know? Just, you know one's more religious, one isn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that symmetry is no longer a thing. It's just Mm -hmm. a memory that we all have of a previous time, Mm -hmm. you know? And the fact that there is this dramatic asymmetry in terms of how the political parties conceive of themselves Mm -hmm. and what their goals are, Mm -hmm. like there is literally, like the political party that represents about half the country, like the Republican Party, would, if it could, just seize power forever in an undemocratic way. That's, They've made that explicitly clear. Well, they're they're actually trying to do that with the uh, voter suppression laws, the hundreds and hundreds of voter suppression. It's in the 400s now. Wow. Voter suppression laws. That, that 340-something number was only like last week. So this is really these moving along quickly. Bills have been introduced in states all over the yeah. country to limit voting because... Yeah, so they're already, it's already happening. And it's all based on the big lie that the election was stolen from yeah. Donald Trump in 2020, right? Like, it, we all know that is not true. It has been <laughs> thoroughly investigated, debunked. It is just a freaking lie. Yeah. And, and that's the lie they're going with to try to suppress the vote, uh, to just maintain to, and seize power. So I think you're right. There, there's, there's the, when we're talking about this, police violence issue and we're talking about the anti-democratic you know actions of the republican party yeah the stage is being set for some serious potential conflict we i don't it doesn't have to go there but it does give me a lot of pause when we talk about like how do we resolve like how, how do we get the group of people nationwide that has the state monopoly on violence mm. and that indeed exists to be the state, like how the state perpetrates violence upon its people. Like Mm -hmm. how do we claw that power back without armed conflict? Mm -hmm. Like that's, especially when they are the ones that have all the arms and have proven conclusively over and over and over and over in real time that they are more than willing to use them against our our citizenry. Right. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's probably just like anything in my life, for me, it's not real great for me to like borrow trouble about things that haven't happened yet. (laughs) You know, so I think- It does bear thinking about that. Sure, absolutely. But I think that probably more constructively for me, uh, you know- yes, that's a lingering potential worry in the future, but I need to focus my energy on what it is I can be doing today yep, that's to, right. to create the conditions for change. That's, that's what I can do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right on. Good news machine with a caveat. Yeah, good news machine, asterisk. <laughs> so yeah. uh, what's this last week look like for us? Honestly, like we, we worked on and put out the new song. Mm-hmm. We took a couple of really glorious days off. We had just like the two days that we had off were on Saturday and Sunday. So we actually had a normal weekend with uh-huh. other humans who have weekends, which almost never happens for us right now. Which is kind of more energetically because it's not like we're hanging out with lots of people, but we did have some neighbors come join us on our yes. back deck for a little while, and also which is like lovely. also like when the energy in the world is like everyone's kind of chilling on a beautiful, and, and also the weather is beautiful these two days. <sighs> Unseasonably warm, just a couple, and now we're back down to regular spring weather, but like we had beautiful, warm, almost like early summer weather oh, yeah. on Saturday and Sunday, and you could feel the energy in the city. Everyone else was just loving it and chilling. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to sit in that energy mm-hmm. on our days off really mm-hmm. made them feel like extra off. It was so good. It was really good. And we watched a lot of movies. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then back to work. 
you know, nothing too exciting with any of that. We're just kind of on our hamster wheel with this album project, yeah, and it's great. And it I'm is. working on albums for people. Uh, I actually mastered a trusty Sea Creatures song just last night because he got asked to be on a compilation. Oh, cool! And so we're pulling one of the he and I chose together one of the songs uh, from this new record that we're working on together. Awesome! This is one of the things that Misfit Stars is funding. I'm making this amazing record for this kid at no cost to him because of the support that we get mm -hmm. from our Misfit Stars community. Good like, job, Stars! This is your work, like made flesh. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really cool. It is cool. Um, so yeah, we're just working and it feels good. Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit in the last few minutes here before sure. the break. Uh, another experience that happened this last week is, so if you remember a week ago on the last week's podcast, I popped off at the mouth about the police. <laughs> it's not the first time I've done so. It's probably not going to be the last because honestly, I get really frustrated and enraged and angry about cop malfeasance because mm -hmm. it just strikes me. Uh, it's a real thing inside of me. It's just one of my things that when there is a power imbalance and that gets used in an unjust way, it just inflames every sense that I have of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. It's so clearly wrong and it's so clearly unjust and I feel so powerless to, to mm -hmm. do anything about it mm -hmm. that I can lash out. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can rage about mm -hmm. it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Even, you know, I raged on the podcast in real time with you last week. It didn't last super long and by the end of it, you had come in with a much more measured and reasonable point of view, <laughs> which I had acknowledged and then we moved on. Yeah. I got some severe blowback for this yeah. uh, from a very dear friend, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, it was hard, but it's okay. Like that's part of living our lives publicly and vulnerably that I just have to accept and understand mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, that, um, that, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Sure. You know, I, I, put, I try to do my best. I put my best foot forward. I don't always succeed. Mm -hmm. I live out loud in real time as do you. And yeah. sometimes I say things wrong. Okay, that's fine. I'm willing to learn from that. I'm willing to make amends. I'm willing to change and grow and be a better person. Indeed, that's the very behavior that you and I are modeling on this podcast. Trying it's our best too. Yeah. It's, it's the reason that we started it, right? Yeah. The idea that we could, through an interactive mm -hmm. conversation, become better versions of ourselves. Yeah, can we hash out stuff that feels important to us to yeah. hash out and do it authentically and vulnerably in a way that hopefully allows other people access to that hashing out in their own lives. Yeah, you know? totally. It can be a really positive thing. And you know, long-term listeners you know, to the podcast know that every so often, Shannon and I really don't agree on something. You know, like I'll say something, Sean will be like, no, I really think that's wrong or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And like, we will attempt to like argue, prosecute our case to the other person, mm -hmm. you know, as happened last week. But you know, a, a metatextual thing about all this that I really want to lean on is the idea that I was not being a good advocate for my cause. Mm. And I think that's really important to note, right? Like just because I felt passionately about something mm. does not mean that I have free license to lash out about it. I mean, I do, but here's the thing. <laughs> if I am trying to advocate for, to espouse mm. a position that I feel really, really strongly about, particularly mm -hmm. around a contentious issue in our society, mm -hmm. I'm not doing myself or the issue mm. any favors by creating a wall between myself and people who might be on the other side of mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. um, like the, the person who replied to me like clearly really loves cops and like that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't necessarily think that that's, you know, I don't. But like, I understand how that can be a reasonable point of view to have and you don't, by a reasonably held per person. You also don't happen to have anybody in your life currently who works in that profession. No, so you I don't have any personal experience with it either. No, so, no, yeah. not what, not at all. I'm, I'm totally detached from it and looking at it from like just above. Right. You know, but you know, 
if I had argued my case in a way that brought that person more in, mm-hmm. that gave them something to consider from their point of view, maybe they're, you know, if they love cops, maybe they'd be like, even though I love cops, Jamie makes a really good point. And that I could have given them something really to think about, but I did not do that. Mm-hmm. What I actually did was create a situation where this person and presumably a number of other people, to each of whom I would like right now unreservedly to apologize, uh, you know, I could have... I could have really created a situation where we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I did that at all. Mm. I think I created a situation where people's hackles could get up. Mm. Where they could be like, well, he said all cops are bad and, you know, and, and fuck him. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And that's not an unreasonable thing to think. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I didn't create a space for conversation. Mm. I created a space where I was saying fuck you. Right, right. right? And like, I probably said fuck you unintentionally to people who are listening to my voice right now. Yeah. And so like, first of all, I want to apologize for that because th- I don't, like when I do that sort of thing. Mm. I don't think it's a good way to comport myself. And also just pragmatically speaking, it's not. A, I'm not helping the issue that I am arguing in favor of by doing that because I'm turning you off. But also like it doesn't create a lot of space for you to feel valued or like acknowledged as a human being. Like mm. you may really think that police, policing and police are wonderful and good. And if you feel that way, like I want to tell you like that's valid. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to have that conversation. I'm And I'm more than willing to like in good faith, like, and hopefully in a good natured way, argue that with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But it has to be like in a good natured way. It can't just be each of us, each of us saying fuck you with each other <laughs> more loudly. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like my thing was kind of like taking my ball and going home as you so pithily pointed out to me after the conversation, mm-hmm. like uh, when we were done recording. Mm-hmm. After we were done recording, you're like, you know, I think that what you did there sounded like taking, like I'm going to take my ball and go home. And you know what it did? It elicited, uh, well, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home response from my friend. Yeah. So now both of us are at home with our balls and that sucks. We could be playing together. Well, and here's the thing. Now you're both at home with your balls and there's no work being done on the issue at hand. That's right. <laughs> right? Like this is one of the things that I really appreciate about what I've, I'm, I'm still learning from Ibram Kendi. And he, mm-hmm. he reiterates this in his article in the Atlantic, which I think you should go read <laughs> still um, that this is not a problem of individuals, right? Like and when, when we, when we make, when we make statements about individuals, that's inflammatory and sure. it's, and it, it, it creates the taking the ball and going home, you know, approach and it, it, it incites more of that. Right. Yeah. And in doing that, when we when we just you know insult people, um, it detracts from the work because the work is actually systemic. Yeah. The, yes. Yes. And the work is coalition building. Yeah. And so, like when when we focus on individual racist actions and thoughts, you know, yes, sometimes it's really important to call those things out, especially in real time when you're in a circumstance where you have the opportunity to call something out like that and, and defend somebody who's, who's, you know, getting, getting the short end of the stick in that yeah. interaction, right? Like that is important to do, but the, the work really is systemic. The change that needs to happen is in the systems that allow uh, racism to, to exist Yeah, in every, in every, facet of our lives and every yeah. facet of our society. So when we focus on the 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 name calling and the the you know the feel good in the moment emotional reaction responses. Yeah. That actually takes away from the real work that needs to be done. Absolutely it does. And and that's where our, that's where we should be putting our energy. Yeah. And yeah. I did I did that wrong last week people and I just want you to know that, you know? And it might have been satisfying for some of you in the moment to be like, "Yeah, fuck the police." Like, okay, that's that's fine, but I want you to know that I feel like I didn't do that well. And, you know, and I can do better. And, you know, and I 
always am trying to do better. So yeah. this is something I can improve upon and I shall. You know, will it happen immediately? I hope so. Maybe <laughs> not. We'll see. Hey, I really appreciate that you wanted to that you wanted to talk about that today. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, right yeah. on. All right, people. So, you know, do as I do, do not as I say. I don't know. <laughs> Just do you. <laughs> Just do you, yeah. All right. So hey, we're gonna take a break. And we when we come back, we are going to delve into this really cool, <laughs> unusual, and different new song that Shannon has made. It is new and different and unusual. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll see you soon. All right, back in a sec. If it sounds to you like my voice is markedly tireder, like <laughs> scratchier, lower in pitch a little bit than like right before the break 30 seconds ago, it's because we actually had a real break this time in which I took like an hour and 20 minutes, hour, 25 minutes to be interviewed by this kid who is studying music. <laughs> like he asked me all these questions. So you've been talking a lot. Constantly. Yeah, Yeah. It, it was him spending 15 seconds asking me a question and me answering for five minutes over and over and over. Amazing. Yeah. So, so you're just worn out. So we actually- So if it sounds like a different person, it's not, it's me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we, had, a, we had a real break. A real break. Well, well we're back. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> wow. So exciting for us. You're like, okay, that's great. I was just, I've just been sitting here listening. Yeah. It's 30 seconds later. <laughs> Spare us your life story. Yeah. <laughs> you're ruining the magic of radio. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry to ruin the magic of radio. So, uh, oh my gosh. It's so exciting because we get to share with you one thread. One thread. The next, the what was the song seven? Uh-huh. Seven. Song seven from the 2020-101 project. Uh, for those of you who have been asleep for the last number of months, or maybe this is your first podcast you're ever listening to, we are in the middle of this, po- this project, 2020-101, uh, in which we're, uh, I am writing, and we are recording and releasing a new song uh, every 10 days for 101 days. These songs are all based on stories we collected from people's experience of the year 2020. And uh, so all the themes were chosen from sort of like the research I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, through reading through people's stories that they submitted for this project. And uh, this this topic for this song was sort of about the idea of barely hanging on. Because I don't know about you, but there were a lot of us who had lots of moments, if not every single day, the experience in 2020 of just barely hanging on. Totally. I had had months-long stretches like that, personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personally speaking. And I consider myself to be one of the luckier ones. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just a psychologically brutal year. Yeah. And also sometimes brutal in many other ways. It was a hard year for people. Yes. So why don't we do what we traditionally do and read sort of the intro essay for the story, play the song, and then we can talk about it some more. You know me, I love traditions. (laughs) Do you? No, Shannon, I don't. But this one's fine. Some I do. Some traditions I like. It's a ritual and you you appreciate ritual. That's true. Mm -hmm. As soon as you call it a ritual, I'm like, oh, that's much better. Oh, that's so much better. I appreciate that. (laughs) See, language matters, people. It It really does. It sure does. It's not a stupid, boring tradition. It's a ritual. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. That's smart, Shannon. Kick us off. I will. If it wasn't obvious to us before, our story collection has made it clear that for a lot of people, 2020 was a hard year. (laughs) 
It was a year which left many people feeling like they were just barely hanging on, like they were living on a razor's edge. It was honestly kind of tough to read about and absorb the energy of people's struggles this last year. Mm. And also, we feel honored to be witness to their experience. And we feel grateful to know that we haven't been alone in the ways that we've struggled too. Stories are powerful like that. People shared with us about how they felt their emotions being much closer to the surface than they were used to. (laughs) That's me for sure. Mm. Uh, How small things that didn't go quite right could result in an unexpected flood of tears. How their close relationships often suffered from depleted tanks of resilience. And how small stresses felt just bigger. People told us about how the isolation of social distancing really got them. About how they craved hugs. About how they desperately missed time with friends and family. For people who live with anxiety or PTSD or myriad other psychological and emotional challenges, the drumbeat of stimuli from the stresses of this year were compounding factors in the maintenance of their mental health. Rather than trying to thrive in this time, for many, it became enough just to survive. Mm -hmm. 2020 seemed to be especially difficult for empathetic people, too, who, on top of taking care of their own emotional well-being, had to figure out strategies to manage the worry they felt for others and for the world itself. And we heard from several people who celebrated the fact that they stayed sober in 2020, Mm. me among them, Mm. leaning extra hard on recovery tools, like acknowledging what was in their power to change and what was not. And most of all, by taking this extraordinarily hard year just one day at a time. So here's to all of you who made it through, who are making it through one day at a time, hanging on for dear life. We are so glad that you've kept yourselves tethered. This is One Thread. I just pulled one string. It was hanging loose. When I pulled, the whole thing unraveled in my hands. And it's a stupid little thing. But I just stood there and cried. For a stupid little thing The reservoir was deep Wind and waves thrashing for release From the unrelenting anguish Of this time Alone.
So that's an unusual one, people, right? Totally. Not the typical Shannon Curtis song. No, I've never done a song like that before. It was a totally new experience. You know, it's funny. I, as I was, what, my, my process usually when I'm, when I'm writing, or it has been for this, sort of, I've, I've sort of developed a sort of a, an approach for these songs on this this record, yeah. I have my list of uh, my my notes that I've you know collated for each topic you know from people's stories. So I have those kind of like you know typed out and printed out, and I go through them and I kind of like un- underline things that that jump out at me, and mm. and then I end up taking those things and writing them physically into my journal with my pencil and paper, just ver- like verbatim copying mm-hmm. the stuff that that I pulled out from those notes. Um, just there's something about. Yeah. Putting pencil to paper, even if I'm, it's, I'm not writing a new thought. There's just something about it, just kind of like seeping into my brain yeah. a little bit like, when I do that. Like you know? the Field Notes motto. motto. There's a company called Field Notes. People they make these really cool, like little uh, notebooks. Notebooks, and their motto is, "I'm not writing this down to remember it later. I'm writing this down to remember it now." Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, totally. So I write, I so I vert, like just write, you know, copy down with my hand, own hand what people have shared in their stories, and then I go back through that and underline stuff that's jumping out again, like I kind of sift through. And then once I've kind of like really absorbed all of those, those were other people's words, mm-hmm. I will then just start freeform journaling yeah. of my own thoughts with those thoughts in mind, you know, like, so just kind of like, you know, whatever metaphors come to my brain, into my brain, you know, I just, I, it's stream of consciousness journaling, right. you know, based on these ideas that I've absorbed from people. And I just found that when I was doing that, like, it just sounded like the kind of thing that that just sort of a confessional sort of approach to this like describing mm-hmm. the the experience of barely hanging on mm-hmm. that I just I couldn't conceive of of putting that into a melody. It seemed too trite or something for yeah. this particular topic. Like I felt like I just wanted to say the things that were coming out of my stream of consciousness so that was sort of fed by people's experiences. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just felt. I don't know. It just felt more true to the topic to just speak it. Yeah, and absolutely. so I'm like, well, gosh, I you think know what I, it feels like to me. What? Uh, it's almost like you're sitting in a meeting, and it's like, hi, my name is Shannon, and I've been barely hanging on. Yeah, it's like barely hanging on anonymous, and yeah. then like you just, <laughs> and then you just like do your share. Yeah, yeah. It feels like that. It feels like shares. It was yes, it, it, and it felt like I just wanted to like there was not any there was not going to be any um, like resolution. I didn't think for the song. It was just a raw expression of the difficulty that that folks experienced in 2020. There was not going to be like a, a bright side, <laughs> you know? And so I just, I felt like, like, like when you share in an, in an AA meeting or whatever, you know, that, that it's just- Barely hanging on the, anonymous. The barely hanging on anonymous. I love B-H-O-A. that. B-H-O-A. <laughs> um, that the, there's something about that sort of just confessional sharing that unburdens you a little bit, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's what I was going for. Um, it's tough for me. I'm just, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm the like consummate, like, let's find the, let's find the upside. Let's, it's you know, so true, I can't people. help myself. I cannot help myself, but it did. That was not appropriate for the song. No. You know, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. So in that spirit too, I also knew that this song shouldn't like build to some climax. No, there's no release here. It's no. just the whole idea is like, I'm barely hanging on today and I'm probably going to be barely hanging on tomorrow. And the same thing after that, there's no climax or release from that. I mean, you know much, what I mean? Much like the experience of 2020. It's yes. Like all tension, no release. Exactly. So 
knowing that that was what we, what what I wanted to communicate in the song, um, that's when I realized I stumbled. Or I thought I thought of this idea like, well, what if I just spoke the lyrics? And I struggled with it. Like I I I poked around a little bit upstairs and like was playing with the idea, but it was so scary to me to try something new like this. At I even, a certain point, yeah. you came to me and you're like, I'm thinking about speaking the the the, the stuff. And given like the sort of mode in which Shannon has been working for this body of work yeah. uh, and the sounds around it and the idea of spoken stuff. The first thing that came to my mind is, well, Shannon needs to listen to some Laurie Anderson to get some oh, yeah. delivery ideas. Yeah. So I turned her on to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to some Laurie Anderson stuff that I remembered from like 1987 or so that was like, that felt like it would maybe be a good touchstone. Well, you know what it, that did to me? I watched a little bit of the the link that you sent me and it, what it did for me was give me courage to continue down this yes, road because I could I see that there was a woman who had done something kind of like this that, yeah. you know, and... and It's not the same at all. Oh, no, no, no. But it was, it was the just, idea of like that sort of flat spoken narrative, that very emotionless kind of, but also emotional at the same time mm-hmm. spoken narrative. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it would be like enough similar, but also enough different from what you're doing to inspire you, but not to inspire mimicry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just, because it was such a new thing for me, I, I, it was good to see, it was good to see somebody doing something like that. I'm like, okay, well she can do that. I can do it. I can, even then though, I was still like, I've never done this before. I'm, I'm not a rapper and I'm not trying to rap on this song. It's not, it's not rapping and it's not, it's, I guess it's kind of like spoken word. Like beat poetry like beat almost? Like poetry maybe? Because there's some internal rhyming, but it's not like on a particular rhythmic or rhyme scheme, no. the thing. And so, it's rhythmic, but not repetitive. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a little bit, it was a little bit, it was risky. It felt risky to me and it felt a little scary. I didn't know if I could pull it off. Here's the thing. When I see other people doing that kind of thing, I'm like, they're so cool. <laughs> and I don't ever feel cool. Like I, I'm like, yeah. I, can I pull off something that, I think would be cool if somebody else did it. You know, I, I had lots of self-doubt, you know, around all of that. But again, I felt really convinced that this is what I wanted to try for this song. It felt like this could be a really good way to present this this theme. And the good news is that you have gotten a ton of positive reinforcement around this. It's Encouragement from the universe. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm honestly surprised. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm shocked. You thought it was like a marginal risky kind of thing. And the general response seems to be, <laughs> we love this one. It's our favorite one. It's wild. <laughs> and I get it though. It's, it's so wild. It's a thing. It's a unique thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound much like anything else. No, it doesn't. But it also fits in the family of the rest of the songs in this album too, yeah. uh, which was another you know challenging part of it. I needed to figure out. I also needed to make sh- make sure this this left field thing that I was going for was also going to be at home with the other songs that we've done so far. But I think yeah. it does. So um, yeah, well, thank you for those of you who have given feedback. The song came out on Saturday, and uh, we've just received a ton of great feedback from people, and yeah. I really appreciated it. It's 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 super encouraging when you step out on a limb to try something new to to uh to be to feel like you've been supported by yeah. folks so thank you and people you know all of those sentiments that you heard all those things that you heard shannon saying in that song mm. those are just other people's thoughts and feelings about their experience of 2020 just mm. like coming back out through shannon's mouth yeah we want to know your thoughts and experiences of 2020 also specifically in regards to you know moments where you felt like you were just barely hanging on mm. maybe it was a moment maybe it was the entire freaking time uh, yeah. maybe it was some of both, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, we would love for you to write it up a little bit and just email it to me. It doesn't have to be long. Like it can be like the range of what people have been sending me for these like stories of 2020 yeah. is literally from 20 words to a thousand words. Yeah. 
Yeah. It can be two sentences. It can be one sentence. Some people have done that. Sure. For this topic even, one sentence, mm-hmm. but it so sums it up. Mm-hmm. And then someone else is like, I really need to write a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, any length is totally appropriate because the way it works on the website is that they all sort of get a read more link after 55 words. So regardless of whether you write 50 words or a thousand words. It doesn't, it's not like you're taking up too much space. You won't be hogging the space. You just get a little read more link and you get your own page. So say as much or as little as you would like, but if you want to really talk about what your experience Mm. was in this time and what that felt like to you, uh, here's the thing. Uh, other people would find it meaningful and valuable. And that's mm. why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. That's why we're collecting stories because stories are healing. Mm-hmm. So you can be, you can give a gift to somebody else by sharing your experience mm-hmm. because when you share your experience and someone else hears their own story in it, that connection that they make, that helps ease their burden. Yeah. And that's a big deal. For sure. So give and that this, gift to someone. Send it to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. And especially on this particular topic, you know, like there, you know, 2020 is over, the year is over, but so many of the stresses and so many of the the factors contributing to this like barely hanging on nature of the time are continuing. <laughs> you know, the the I think I saw yesterday with regard to the pandemic that that worldwide we had the highest number of new COVID cases yesterday worldwide since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Like it's it's not over. Yeah. You know, we, we it's weird. It's getting more over for us. That's India. That's India that's entirely responsible for that. You're probably right about that. And they're only having their second wave. Wow, gosh. Right? But you know, what happens across the world affects everyone. I'm like, in fact, it will affect us here too. We're naive to think otherwise. You know, so there's that stress is continuing, obviously. The, The, you know... The stuff around the the racial justice that we're you know this this reckoning we're having with racial justice issues in our country is stressful. You know, it, it is it's bringing it's bringing a lot of discomfort into our lives and contributing yeah. to the emotional weight that we're all bearing. You know, um, you know some of the some of the political. Uh, stresses I feel like have been somewhat alleviated, but some of them have not. I mean, like all these voter suppression laws, you know, like it's, democracy is still on fire. That's a stressor. So stuff's continuing. What I'm saying is that this is not a song about, this is not a song in the past tense for a lot of people. Like a lot of folks are still, myself included some days, are are in the barely hanging on phase of things. And you know, there's going to be this whole knock on wave of effects. Like at a certain point, like pandemic unemployment is going to go away. Eviction moratoria are going to go away. Mm. And we're going to have probably millions of people displaced from their living situations. You know, I mean, I we all hope that, you know, local governments uh, or the federal government will mm-hmm. step in and like mm-hmm. help. But, you know, there, we've got a lot are, to untangle. Let's put it that way. There, there, yeah. There's a lot that we still don't have our arms around. Yeah, it's you know? true. And there's ongoing stresses for a lot of people. Like if you're one yeah. of those people who has not been able to pay rent since, I don't know, April of last year. Right. Like imagine how terrified you must be on a daily basis. Yeah. Like maybe you're, you know, able to eat and everything right now and you're living indoors, that's great. What happens when, like, that's going to change? Yeah. So I feel really, like, empathetic toward that too. Like, just because, Mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of us, you know, the vaccine is really the biggest deal and we're, like, in this super privileged situation where now we can Mm -hmm. just kind of, like, live our life. That's not everyone else's lived reality, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So this really hang, this barely hanging on thing is not a past tense, like Shannon said. It's a present tense for a lot of people. And I think that if if that's your experience too, like, there there isn't any... um, there's no shame in that. You know what I mean? Like, no. it is okay to say out loud, I'm struggling still. This is an enormously 
uh, brutal time that we're living in. And, you know, it is, we really do need to lean on each other as much as, more than ever, you know, and, and just sharing your story is one way. Letting, letting other people receive your story, you know, maybe yeah. take a little burden from you and also, you know, um, being, bearing witness to other people's stories. It is all, that is all healing and it's all helpful and it's hopefully, hopefully going to be one of the things that, you know, when we move, when we have moved past this time and we are looking back on it as a moment in history, hopefully the ways in which we've had to lean on each other because we, because we desperately have needed to is one of the things that maybe will, will create, help us create a, a future in which we are more interconnected and interdependent, yeah. you know? Like, I, I I hope that we can see how much we do really need one another yeah. in this time, and that's something that we can carry forward with us. Yeah, good can come from this. Yeah. All right, people. See, I can't help it. I can't help but, like, see the upside. I know. <laughs> I can't. Oh. Yeah. Jiminy, Jiminy fucking cricket over here. <laughs> I also can't help but knock my microphone. Oh, that's that, right. That happens. This this has been the moment in every episode where you knock your microphone I did, off. Yeah, so it took a really long it's time. It's just when you're when you're me, there are two things that inevitably happen during a podcast. You knock your microphone off, and also, even if you hadn't planned on it, you try to find the upside to something. Yeah. That's otherwise terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know yourself. That's that. Yeah. That's just the. That's just it. Who I am. That's it's it. just who I am. And we love you. Thank you. Yeah, that's who you are, and you're enough. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Stuart Smiley. What was his name? I think that was. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm thank- good enough. Smart, I'm smart enough. enough. And, and gosh darn it. Doggone it, people, people like, like me. Gosh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> I love it. So good. Um, y'all, thank you for listening today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Support our work, misfitstars.com slash join. Thanks. Jamie, thank you for the great conversation. You too. Uh, and y'all, um, we'll be back next week. S- Saturday night is the live concert. We'll be back again with a new podcast episode next Wednesday. And uh, have a new song in there too. A new song? Yeah. There's so Lots much that's going to be going on. And uh, so until then, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love you guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.